Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. So Amanda is about to come on and just rock your world. Before that, some quick announcements. You are becoming your greatest possible self. I acknowledge you for stepping up and stepping into that, leaning into that, learning, staying disciplined and focused. And thank you for being here. And Amanda and I thank you, all the guests and I thank you. So stay tuned, keep tuning in so you can keep stepping into your GPS. Anything I can do to support you, let me know. Find me on facebook.com forward slash th3burns, Instagram at I am millionaire Chris, and email chris at beyourgps.com. Let's talk. Looking forward to it. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. This week, it's by Helped Me Shed My Layers. Chris is an inspiring breath of fresh air. This podcast will enlighten and encourage even the thickest skinned of us to shed the tough exterior and dive deeply inward. Yes, that is what we are here to do, to help awaken you, to help remind you of who you are, how powerful you freaking are. And thank you so much for that review. If you want to stay tuned to all this greatness, definitely subscribe on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Just search Greatest Possible Self and we will come up. And if you want to leave a review and get a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour marathon, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search Greatest Possible Self on uh, the Apple Podcast Store and you'll find us like that. Give us a review and you'll get a chance to get shouted out. Thank you. I love you. Let us know what you love about the show, what you want to see more of, and how we can make it even better for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, I'm going to introduce Amanda in just a sec. Grab a freaking paper so you can capture all the gold and the wisdom that she's about to share with you or put it on your notes app on your phone because she is a powerhouse and she is not fucking around and you're going to find out why so make sure you stay all the way through till the end because you're going to find out why she is nfa let's introduce her and then we'll bring her on the screen dr amanda barrientes is a nfa no fucking around mindset habits business development coach who is driven to help people thrive in their personal and professional life what makes Amanda unique is how she coaches from coupling her social sciences training with her real-life experiences of overcoming big challenges. Three years ago, she was living in survival mode, on food stamps, trying to work her way through grad school as a, as a single mama. After accessing free knowledge on podcasts and YouTube and then doing whatever it took to pay for high-level coaching, Amanda implemented what she was learning to transform her financial reality. Today, she has a growing six-figure coaching business and is building the foundation to create a multi-million dollar global company that helps business builders implement max potential strategies so they can have the impact and the income they desire. And we are blessed to have Amanda with us here today. Amanda, are you ready to rock the house, Superwoman? Oh, yeah. Oh I yeah, we are on love fire. your style. Let's let's do it. We're we're so <laughs> in it to win it. So Amanda, thank you so much for being here. 
we are not fucking around. And we're going to dive right into the theme of today, which is the power of words. So Amanda, how has this concept, the power of words, how has that made a difference for you and shaped your reality? Wow, I love that. The power of words. I think words are incredibly important. The way that you use them, the way that you use them with other people, with yourself, in your mind, and your habitual ways of thinking, feeling, doing, acting, you know, it's kind of the foundation of everything, I would say. Mic <laughs> drop. We're done. Bye. <laughs> I love it. So, so good. Yes, absolutely. It is. And uh, just shaping our reality, you know, so, so yeah. powerful. So, Great share. And I shared about your introduction, who you are, your bio. Why don't you share a little bit more in your own words of who you are and what you stand for? Yeah. So who I am, let's see. That's a big one. Um, I am a coach primarily. That is my greatest joy in life. Um, I'm a mama of three. Love my babies. I have an almost 21 year old, which is kind of mind blowing to me. Um, So I have a 21 or 20 year old, 17 and 14. And I spent a lot of my years in grad school single, uh, figuring out the relationship world. I actually left my 15 year marriage having an affair. So worked through the fallout of that. Went on food stamps. Um, you know, I've had a lot of up and down struggles, and they helped me be a stellar coach. And I love coaching because for me, teaching is one of my greatest joys. And I really stumbled upon the path of habits and mindset because for me, my number one obstacle was overcoming my own mind and kind of getting out of my own way mm-hmm. and redeveloping new ways of thinking about my power. And So I love helping people in those worlds to create the life and business they want because I see business as a wealth building vehicle and with unlimited potential, really. It's kind of up to you how much you want to make and how many people you want to impact. And I really love the flexibility of that. For a lot of years, I was thinking I was going to be a professor and um, there was a lot of stress in that environment that I didn't feel like I had control of. And I would have had to move and there were all these obstacles. And then as I started stepping into coaching for my own struggles, I was like, whoa, coaching is, I was born to coach. (laughs) So I coupled all of my experiences and all my training in the social sciences and all my research and just said, I'm going for it. And Mm -hmm. here I am today, an NFA coach. I love it. I love it. So, so awesome. So you had your own journey. You had your own struggles. You had, I mean, we all do. And yours in particular really shaped this mindset of valuing business, of valuing the freedom of business and being able to do what you want, when you want, and also providing for your kids. You had three kids to really take care of. So you like had to say, hmm, is is being a professor, being a teacher, being, you know, teaching like that, the traditional education system, is that going to really fulfill all the desires and needs that I have? And that was a big fat nope. <laughs> totally. Nope. Yep. Yep. So that is a beautiful journey. I want to dive more into um, like some of the lessons along the way. You know, you mentioned habits, mindset. Those were some big things for you. But can you share a little bit more about um, some specific moments and techniques and exercises you implemented, uh, lessons that you gained along the way? Sure. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll start with my kind of critical turning point where I was on the floor crying and I, you know, I had left my marriage, didn't have a lot of relationship skills. I actually just got up the phone with my dad for an hour and he was talking about their relationship and he's like, you know, we probably didn't teach you a lot of good relationship skills. And we both started laughing and we're like, that was the understatement of the year. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I love my parents 
immensely and they did the best they knew how to do. And so I, you know, stepped into a marriage really young. I got married at 20 and then didn't know what we were doing. We had three kids. I dropped out of school because I got pregnant and we pieced it together. We loved our kids so much, but neither of us really knew what we were doing. So I ended up leaving through having an affair. And then that relationship wasn't working and we had moved in together and he was moving out. So on the day he moved out, I was like staring at the basement floor, just kind of like in shock. And I got this email from my ex-husband that said boundaries. And he had just moved in with his new girlfriend of the time. And um, he was, he was reconstructing our relationship and was like, I need you to put this the suitcases on the sidewalk and we exchange kids. And I was really shocked because I thought we were kind of like making amends and starting to become friends again. And I just started crying and I was like, my life is a wreck. And I knew I was going to have to move out of this nice house that I had because my partner and I were no longer together. I knew that I wasn't going to have enough money because the grad school payment. So I uh, was seeing a counselor and she's like, you, you got to apply for food stamps. I felt so much shame and guilt and fear and worry and doubt. So I'm sitting there on the floor crying and I'm like, I am freaking tired of this reality. And I'm the only person that can do anything about it. So in that moment, I made a really important decision that I was willing to do whatever it takes to shift my life. And for me at that moment, it was really related to relationships. I was like, I am willing to do whatever it takes to figure out how to have a good, long-term, connected, fulfilling relationship. And so I started listening to podcasts because I didn't have any money for coaches. And I started listening. And for me, when you ask that specific moments of the big shifts, it's, it's your mindset. It's, it's the mm. first step is making a decision. Yeah. you got to decide that you're tired of your reality and take action in a different direction. And that's really what I did in that moment. I was like, I'm tired of this reality and I'm the only one that can fix it. Wow. So, you know, I talked to my clients about it being that, that uh, decisive moment, taking a vow and having an NFA mindset where you go, I'm going to be radically responsible for my outcomes hmm. because your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. And if you don't like your outer world, you got to change you. So I'd say that's the first starting place for everyone who's listening or yeah, watching. Yeah. So it's a decision that what has been going on until now is unacceptable, right? It's like we must change something. We must shift something. How does someone know if they've made the decision or not? Mm-hmm. Well, your life demonstrates your thinking. So if you've made a decision, you'll see yourself in daily action in a new direction. So you'll be figuring it out. You'll be talking to people. You'll be reading books. You'll be starting to look for that information. You'll you'll notice new people coming into your life, new ways of thinking, new levels of inspiration in a new direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when people get really stuck, they don't want to take action. And we often it takes the action to get you going. So mm-hmm. it's kind of backwards. We think some inspirational lightning bolt is going to drop on us and help us get into action, but you got to be the one to decide. So when you're spontaneously taking action, you know, you've made that decision and you're committed and you're actually shifting. Freaking awesome. So once you've made the decision, everything starts lining up. You start to be able to see and recognize where the evidence of that decision is showing up in your reality. Okay. So once we've made the decision, then what's next to really, what did you experience next to really take your um, success, happiness, fulfillment, and breakthroughs to the next level? You know, I would say next, it was a it was a process of deconstructing my own belief systems to come up with new ones. And that meant I had to learn new skills. And mm. so the cool thing that I realized is that like relationships are a skill. 
wealth building as a skill. I always thought it was this kind of magical thing that just happened to people, especially the wealth. I had a lot of resentment around wealthy people and a lot of jealousy and a lot of fear. And really it was me just feeling inadequate and that I didn't know how to do it. And I thought like, well, why did they get born into this life? Why can't I create that? And as I started to learn that you can shift your values toward wealth building, I started to take action on it. And I was like, oh, you can actually become wealthy. You just yeah. have to take the actions to do so. Yep. And and it's a skill. You know, anyone can learn how to be wealthy. Anyone can learn how to have a great relationship. Anyone can learn how to have self-confidence and be personally empowered. And so for me, it was, it was um, you know, just deciding, taking action, and then looking at, for the evidence to start showing up. But I'll say this, it's not easy. You know, it's not that like all of a sudden you take those actions and everything just falls into your lap and you're like, awesome, I'm a new person. (laughs) I, I, the way I like to describe it to people is that it was almost like I had a suit of armor that I carried around my whole life and it was heavy and it was not that comfortable, but I had developed all my muscles around it and I had developed ways to see the world through it. And as I started to drop those, I felt lighter. I felt like they were, you know, they were, it was easier to walk around. And at the same time, it was terrifying because I I had dropped my suit of armor that had been, I had built all my muscles and perceptions around. So it's uncomfortable at first, you know, it's not like you just step into this new way of being and everything's easy. Sometimes it actually gets harder and worse, you know, because you're developing new habits and new mindset and you're not used to it and you're out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You mentioned, or I mentioned in your intro that you uh, invested in higher level coaching as one of your kind of breakthrough moments. Can you tell us about why that was a a key aspect and part of your journey? Yeah, totally. Um, You know, I think podcasts and things like like what you're doing, what I'm doing, what uh, thought leaders do in the world and give so much value for free. Mm. It is to me, such a blessing because, and that's why I love podcasting because it's free information on the go that anyone can access. If I hadn't had access to podcasts, I would not be where I am today. And it's led me to such cool people like being here with you. I'm like, this is so cool that I get to have this conversation with you and share with your community tips that have helped me thrive and be fully revealed so that they can learn from my downfalls and my challenges and overcoming all that. So you know, I started listening to this podcast. It was a relationship podcast. And it turned out that the guy that was doing the podcast started his very first coaching workshop. And he ended up being in the same place where I live, which was totally random and cool. So I emailed him and I was like, I don't have any money. I have to be there. I'm called to be there. Please, I'll do whatever it takes. And he was like, you know, I don't give away things for free. It's not good for you, which was awesome. And I'm so glad that he did that. Yep. So I had to have some skin in the game. So I came up with, it was a $5,500 course. I came up with $1,000. I actually took out a student loan. for. A, I hadn't used my student loan money for a computer. You were allowed to buy a computer every couple of years. I hadn't used it. So I used that money. I paid with loan money. And then I did work study for the rest of the program. Oh. And so I had some skin in the game and then that just kept taking me to the next level and the next level. And now, you know, it's like, I just returned from a $6,000 10 day course. And Mm -hmm. I now invest to me, it's essential to constantly be practicing personal growth and development through coaches and, and going to workshops and stuff like that. So really, you know, for the people listening, it's to me, I go, you know, if you don't have, I get being in a, tough financial situation, do whatever it takes, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube, and then as quickly as you can, find someone who can show you the way because it helps catalyze your success so dramatically. 
Yeah, I love it. So after the uh, coaching investment and going that route, how did your um, business career evolve from there? Like, how did you decide on coaching? Was there any stops between that decision and coaching, so to speak? Um, you know, I was uh, I was in my final years of grad school, my my last two years of grad school when I, I it was interesting. I got divorced and then I kind of like had a lot of wild ups and downs for a while. And then that was when I was like, okay, I, I need to work on myself. And I started accessing podcasts and I listened to those for about a year. And then I went, started going to workshops and at those workshops, I, I was watching the way that they taught. And then I started kind of bringing what I was learning into my classes. So when I was in grad school, I got to teach 2000 students at CU Boulder, which was a huge gift. I learned that I love teaching. And so it was really cool that I started to see like, okay. And I was a PhD in sociology. So, um, we teach a lot about the problems and that we kind of focus on social problems, right? So raising awareness around what the problems of society are. And I kept going like, I want to bring solutions. Mm. And so in my coaching, I was getting these very specific critical life skills that we need in order to thrive. And I was seeing how we don't have classes on relationships in school. We don't have classes on money in school. We don't have classes on self-worth and personal power. And I was like, Hmm. I could take what I love doing teaching and, and become a coach. And I just, it was really powerful for me because I had been, you know, doing several years of study thinking I was going to be a professor. And so I started planting that seed and I kind of started thinking like, maybe this is possible. And then I just, I, I went to this workshop and I just came home. I'm like, I'm doing it. I went home and I like LLC that day and just started building my website and was just like, go for it. So I kind of started building that alongside completing my dissertation. Mm. Um, and which was, you know, it was challenging because I was really ready to go into coaching world, but I did thought it would be ridiculous at that point to stop grad in grad right. school and not finish. Right. So what, yeah. what are you grateful for that you completed that and got the, oh, the degree? So grateful. <laughs> I mean, first, my research was incredible. I did life history interviews with incarcerated men. Hmm. So on average, they had spent 18 years incarcerated, were gang involved, and then spent um, time, you know, I, so I studied their trauma across their life source across their life course yeah. and focused on men as victims instead of perpetrators because wow. kind of flipped the script. And recognize, you know, 96% of the guys that I interviewed had been really and horribly either physically, sexually, verbally abused Mm -hmm. and throughout their life course. And they just had these like movie like traumatic lives. And then, you know, instead of my promotion was that we have rehabilitation programs, right? Because Mm -hmm. how do we expect people to come out of prison out of a childhood like that and then be able to? reintegrated into society if they're not getting rehabilitation opportunities. Mm. And so that was awesome. I mean, doing life history interviews with people telling you things that they've never told anyone else before is really powerful. And being able to hold a space, it really aligned well with coaching. And I think that it's really helped me in coaching world where, you know, most people, when they're with me, they're like, I've never told anyone this. And there's so much shame around a lot of stuff. Mm. Even though I work with business builders, we're all people, right? So like, 
if you're carrying in shame into your business, you're not going to be able to build your wealth as easily as if you let go of that shame. Mm -hmm. If you aren't having a thriving relationship, you're not going to be able to build your business because the way that you show up in your relationships and your intimate relationships is similar to your business. So I learned all that. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned a lot about interpersonal dynamics. I learned how to write. I learned how to publicly speak and not be afraid of that, which is a huge block for a lot of people. (laughs) Um, You know, there was just gift after gift of grad school. That's amazing. I love it. So I want to dive into uh, what you really focus on today with your clients, which I know you mentioned is uh, the habits. It's like the mindset and it's uh, in business, you know, like that's that's a whole nother world of like strategy and how to build successful businesses. So take us through some of the stuff that you really focus on with your clients. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, when I started, I didn't really kind of know who I was going to end up working with. And I just put myself out there like, Hey, are you stuck? I'll help you. (laughs) And so I ended up attracting a whole bunch of business builders. And so that looks like people who are solopreneurs just starting out. I work with businesses who've been in the biz for 25 years and want to expand or even deciding that they want to have a, a, um, the succession plan to leave. Mm all across the board, a whole bunch of different people. And what I, I really think the reason is that human behavior is human behavior. Yeah. You're going to show up in your individual and personal life as you do the same in your business. Family systems are reflective of business systems. So for me, I spent so many years focusing on human behavior and development that it was really easy for me to start thinking about what makes people thrive, what helps mm-hmm. them transform, what helps them expand. And so I've aligned a lot of my training since then in those areas. And for me, you know, mindset is a habit. Your mindset is a habit. And I started looking at habits work and I was like, wow, everything we do is a habit. And if your habits are aligned for success, Mm -hmm. awesome. But most of ours aren't. And so I really, I teach my clients strategic habits. So we, you know, um, James Clear talks about uh, atomic, uh, He his book is actually a, Atomic habits, which is small changes every day, lead to big results. Awesome. And he also, I don't think he was the one who coined the term automatic habits, but there's big talk in habits world about automatic habits. So what happens is that my definition of habits is it's a repeated patterned way of thinking, deciding, and taking action that over time becomes automatic. Right. So if you want to shift those, your reality, because you're not getting the outcome you want, you actually have to use strategic habits for a certain period of time until then those become automatic. Mm -hmm. So I work with people on uninstalling their old habits and reinstalling new habits that set them up for success and success. Like a common set of the most, the, the habits that you see most often that people are like struggling with those old paradigm habits. You know, I would say in mindset, it's self doubt. Is huge, you know, and it's like I always thought it was just kind of me silently suffering through self doubt, but most people struggle through self doubt, limited thinking. That's a big one. And then in the the practical habit application, I would say that people really struggle with time management, mm-hmm. productivity, and overwhelm. You know, knowing how to balance. Like, there's just some really easy tricks to simplify your day to have a morning routine and then block schedules and making sure that you're in alignment with setting up your highest priority actions every day. If you do some really simple things, your whole day feels so much more in flow instead of out of control and overwhelming. And so, there's some, yeah. So, I'd say with with business owners, it's often overwhelm and figuring out systems to help them have a a nice uh, schedule. Most people think schedules are really rigid and prohibitive, but they actually set you free. Mm. Mm. 
It's just making sure that what we want, our intention, our outcomes, we figure that out first before like wandering into the day and saying, how do I get it all done? Well, you can't get it all done at once. So you got to prioritize. <laughs> exactly. I like to say, uh, empower your day with max potential actions or it will feel fill with chaotic, draining distractions. Mm, so when you're like not in alignment, all this weird stuff happens. Like, have you ever had a day where you don't have a plan and all of a sudden something, someone calls or someone shows up and it throws off your whole day? Yep. But when you have a plan, you're like, oh, sorry, I've already got a plan. I can't pull that off today. And you just mm-hmm. stay on track, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's really important. And most people, not, not not everybody does it, but a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. Do you, do you find that you have to figure out what people's long-term goals are before you're able to help them with their habits and short-term goals? Yes, definitely. So one of my... Um, methods that I use is setting up a values map. So we look at their highest values orientation and then we do long-term visioning so that they're always attached to their why, because when you know your why, the house will take care of themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're really clear on what your long-term vision is, then the obstacles are all on the way instead of in the way and you get to take strategic steps every day. And when challenges come up, you see them as stepping stones to where you get, where you want to go. Wow, that's that's interesting. I've never heard of the the values map as as something. It's like um, is it like an assessment kind of thing? Yeah. Yep. So I have my main mentor is um Dr. John Demartini and he does values orientation work and so I'm trained in that methodology and awesome. it's super powerful. Hmm. It's how you align your day, your life, your business, your relationships. Um yeah. it's yeah, it's amazing. That's beautiful. Um I'm curious, what what lessons have you seen with your kids and have you learned with your kids and raising them that you see coming into uh, business and coaching and all these beautiful things that you're up to? <laughs> my monkeys. I love my monkeys. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I got sidetracked there for a second thinking about my monkeys. So you're asking, I want to be clear on what you're asking. So it, how, how has my my coaching career or learning coaching strategies changed my parenting? Uh, the other way around, parenting. What has oh. that taught you about oh, business and coaching? Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> well, you know, wow, that's a great question because I always, it's funny how I think about it in some ways it's the other way around. First, I want to say my kids have been my greatest teachers, like yeah. greatest teachers in the whole world. Becoming a mom was, it teaches you so much about selfishness, selflessness, caring, mm-hmm time management, you know, going to grad school, being a single mom, I had to be stellar with my time management. Holy moly. And so I learned so much from my kids in that way. Um, you know, so they, uh, it's funny now, and now I'm going, and I think I'm going opposite of what you said. You said how my kids taught me about business. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so I make sure. Um, cause I often think of it the other way around. So uh, yeah, time management, I would say has been huge. Yeah. Being able to deal with multitask really well. Um, caring about uh, people's outcome and well-being. Mm. And really, really having the value of family where I, I mean, I, I don't even know if I'd be in coaching world if it weren't for my kids. Because when I was in that state of fear and poverty, it was a lot about how am I going to take care of my kids? Mm. And it was you know, my daughter was writing these college essays and writing about how poor we were, you know, it was like, that was how she got scholarships to go to school was like, my mom's a single parent in grad school. And we're on food stamps, living in subsidized housing. When you're a parent going to bed at night, holding on to that, it's pretty brutal. 
And it was, but it was also such a gift because it pushed me to change myself and, and, and the generation intergenerational cycle of poverty in my family. So my kids have been a huge catalyst for me to grow and change and become the best version of myself so that they can model after me, you know, like I really want them to thrive and even, and far surpass me. Yeah. Uh, Speaking about that, like what, what is your like let's say top priority or priorities for them, you know, like what, what is it that you want to contribute or be a role model for them for? Number one, and this is related to my values work is I want them to do whatever fulfills them and inspires them. I want to help. I want to support them in knowing, loving, trusting themselves to do exactly what they want to do in their life. Mm. Mm. I love it. So good. Um, So it's like really knowing what's important to you. That is essential. It's like you're being that like, I know it's important to me. and I want to make sure everyone around me knows what's important to to them. You do it with your kids, you do it with your clients. And I think it's it's beautiful. I know financial literacy is also a a big part for you, something that's super important. Tell us a little about your journey with financial literacy and how you uh, share that with the world today. Yeah. So financial literacy. So I, I mean, I started out, I've had such an interesting life because I, I was, I was raised in a community. Um, it's called Summit County, like Breckenridge, Keystone, Dillon. A lot of people know it for a ski resort area. Mm-hmm. But when my parents moved there, it was like a tiny little mountain town with two paved roads mm-hmm. and there weren't a lot of people there. And then as the tourists started to move in and there was this wealthier population, my dad had moved up there to be like a water delivery man. And so mm-hmm. we were on the working class edge of this really elite, wealthy culture and community. And so I was always on the kind of like, bottom end I felt like as a kid right like I I felt like I was impoverished in a certain way and I I can't say I totally did but it was like this feeling my mom was a housekeeper for my friends and so I had this like shame and guilt about money and kind of resentment and then I was also raised as a fundamentalist Christian which taught me that money is the root of all evil so I had a lot of money charges and then my dad started to become more successful in business and and as that shifted then it was like oh righteous people are more wealthy (laughs) like if you're righteous you're wealthy as an entrepreneur, my parents were both entrepreneurs. It was like, it was, I I watched them struggle, struggle, stress about money, and then a lot of success, but a lot of work. Hmm. Like my dad was working a lot. And then I got, when I got married, my husband was a, an entrepreneur. Hmm. So it was like this constant up and down. And I always felt really out of control. And I got in my, I have a money course that I do online and I talk to people about their um, money OS, your money operating system that gets loaded when you're a kid Mm -hmm. and how that unconsciously runs your current system. Mm -hmm. And if you don't become conscious of it, then you will have all kinds of money blocks that hold you back from success and financial well-being. And that's what was really happening to me. I had like all of these really challenging beliefs about money. Then I stepped into sociology and in sociology, they talked a lot about the macro system, uh, the class-based macro system where wealthy people are kind of the oppressors of the universe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I got, I had all of this stacked in this direction of thinking it was better to be poor. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that in the last two and a half years, I've really deconstructed and completely changed my financial reality. So I love helping people overcome their money blocks because Mm -hmm. it's so disempowering to feel stuck in survival mode and, and, or even just get stuck at a 
thermostat level where you make, you know, because I've worked with people who are, have multi-million dollar businesses, but they have these goals that they can't ever surpass because it's like a glass ceiling right. that they have self-imposed and they can't break through it because they have these unconscious money beliefs. So yeah. for me, it's a super fun puzzle of helping people figure themselves out so that they can overcome their unconscious beliefs. It's incredible. I love it. And it's just, I love how you have fun and you're playing and you're being curious about life and people's blueprint and how they yeah. see the world and how they, you know, put the pieces together, what the blocks are, what the subconscious beliefs are, you know, for this to be true, what do you, what do you have to believe, you know, for this yeah. reality to continue to be the case, what do you have to believe about yourself, about the world, how it works? And it's like, like you said, it's a puzzle. It's a fun, fun thing to try to put the pieces all together. Yeah, I love That's it. Awesome. That's awesome. So the finances, it's a big part for you. I think a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people struggle with money for a long time. And you were able to turn around really quickly in the you know scheme of things, so to speak. You may have struggled with it for years, but like you turned it around in you know really quickly and when you really got focused on it or when you made the decision or there was a turning point. Is there anything else you can really share about how fast you were able to do it and really step into wealth and abundance? Yeah, yeah, for me, I mean, so I love that you recapped all that because it really was about making decisions, shifting my values toward wealth building and going mm -hmm. like, okay, wait, I have power and control over this. And so I devoured and still to this day do every podcast, YouTube books, workshops that I can about money specifically. Yeah. And then that's changed who I spend time with. And then I am, you know, it's like, it's really wild how you'll notice all that stuff starts to shift. Yeah. And you start to have different opportunities that weren't even open to you before because you didn't see them. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I'd say for people who are in the boat of going like, I really want to break through some of my money stuff, really start to examine your belief system around money. One really fun activity to do. It's so easy. To, mm. You could even do it right now is just write down the sentence wealthy people are. Mm. or money is and start to examine your beliefs around money and wealthy people because often it's like wealthy people are jerks wealthy people are assholes wealthy people are greedy you know sometimes it's wealthy people are amazing and i can never be like them you know like whatever it is that you have start examining your belief systems around it and then you'll go oh well obviously i'm not going to be able to become what i hate it's really hard you know you have a a system that will limit you from becoming what you hate. So, and if you even watch movies, this was really close actually on a podcast with someone else and they were reminding me this. I was like, that's so true in all the movies, like start watching movies and look at how they pit wealthy people as like the evil destroyers. Yep. You know, so we get a lot of downloads about wealth as bad or money as bad. And then, and so what you want to start doing is using affirmations in a new direction look at your belief system and then start thinking, how can I shift that? Okay. So if it's wealthy, people are greedy. How can I look for supporting evidence that supports that wealthy people are generous mm. and look around you there? It's actually everywhere. You're just not seeing it. Mm. So you've got to start to see it. So start doing research. You know, I have um, some people I've worked with. I said, okay, I want you to do an hour of research on all of the, uh, who's funded the libraries in your community. Mm. Who's funded the schools? Who, you know, on and on and on. You can think of a, a ton of examples for well, how wealthy people are actually can be very generous. Right. But you have it stacked in a direction. And if you're using that confirmation bias, you're going to keep seeing that wealthy people are jerks instead of seeing that wealthy people are amazing and generous. And then that gives you permission to go, okay, when I'm wealthy, I can just have a larger impact. 
if you're a jerk and you make a lot of money, you're probably going to be a bigger jerk. If you're a really nice person and you make a lot of money, you're probably going to be able to be even more generous. So it's just, it's really getting clear on your belief system and, and doing the work to shift your belief system. Yeah. It's like being accountable and being responsible to the, what comes up. Okay. Now you got to go to work on it. You got to be aware of it. You got to be present to it. You get to yes. be visual, vigilant about changing it, discipline, yeah. like totally attack it, you know, or, you know, attack the positive aspect of it and be laser focused, relentless, and, you know, courageous in choosing yes. what you want and focusing on that. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better. I love it. Well, I, I had to, I had to lean on you first and then I got to, <laughs> I got to put the icing on top. It's, you were the foundation. Teamwork. <laughs> exactly. Five. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Amanda. So this is, this is great. Um, I wanted to ask you about your PhD. Did that give you skills, knowledge, awareness, disciplines to transfer over into your um, coaching business? If so, what, which ones do you think made the biggest difference? They absolutely did. And, and I want to highlight for everyone listening, because this is something that comes up with a lot of people I work with and, and who are wanting to step into coaching or do different businesses. And they think like, don't, but I need credentials. Mm. So first I want to preface this with saying you don't need credentials. Mm. I know a ton of amazing, incredible coaches who had, didn't even graduate high school. So don't think that you need the credentials to step into your dreams your experience and your why are enough. And then of course you're going to want to keep learning and growing and enhancing your expertise. I do it too, but it doesn't, it's not a requirement. So I want to preface that first because I know a lot of people have that limiting belief. Um, But yes, absolutely. I mean, really I would say learning how to synthesize information. You know, I wrote a dissertation. It's a 200 page book of, and I did, it was probably, I had my interviews were four hours long on average. So I, as a qualitative researcher, you, you go through all of that data and create your analysis around it. So it's thousands of pages and then you're piecing together hundreds of books and articles to make an argument about what you learned. And so that skill was pretty powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Being able to do that is a, is something that I, I'm so grateful for. And then I'd say, you know, in my course development, one of my long-term goals is to have a wide variety of online courses that everyone can take because not everyone can access individual coaching. It might be cost prohibitive or travel prohibitive, but online courses are such a cool way to learn. So I want to have a wide variety of online courses and my PhD really helped me because I got to teach so much. I know how to develop a curriculum and, and really align a course that's going to be the most um, packed with the like potent distilled knowledge of what I have to offer. So I think it really gave me that skill to piece together a course that's going to be fruitful for the, my students. That's awesome. Um, I love, I'm fascinated about like a PhD and how you're bringing that into, um, coaching. What is the facilitation like of like professors and things like that to teach you how to do the research? Like, can people do this level of intense research and, um, you know, putting the pieces together and looking at different books and doing studies? Like, is that all like super valuable training and knowledge that the professors give or it's like a part of the curriculum? Or is it like, you, hey, go do it, go do it and you figure it out? Like, how, how does that work? 
Yeah, I love this question. And I actually had someone ask me this the other day and I was like, that's so fascinating because I never, I hadn't really thought about how that, <laughs> how that happened, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I would say it's, it's first having an inquisitive mind would lead you to a PhD program in the first place because mm -hmm. it's pretty rigorous and you know, you're in for the long haul and you're definitely going to be someone who has a high value on learning. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, you can do that at home absolutely through looking and, and devouring everything you possibly can on a topic. Mm. It's interesting. I mean, there isn't really training on how to do it. It's more like you step into the classroom. So for the first three years, you're taking coursework in, the, in a PhD, at least in my PhD program, three years of coursework. And in those courses, you're reading every course, you're reading at least a book a week and writing a paper a week for each of those courses. So you're reading three books a week. If you're taking three courses at a time, you're reading three books a week and writing three papers a week. So it's like jam-packed, you know, or 10 art journal articles, which are like scholarly articles about a certain topic and a week in each class. So it's like thousands of hours of reading over the course, but they don't really teach you like how to do, how to synthesize it. They just expect you to know already. So <laughs> if the curriculum, but what it does is it sets up a rigorous discipline and habit of being a researcher. Yeah. So I don't know that they really teach you how to do it, but because you're forced to do it mm. or you chose to opt into that, you get in the habit of doing it. So for mm. me, like researching is my life. Like I learn something new every single day. And if I'm not, I feel off, you know, mm. I'm like, I got to be learning something new all the time. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Do you think like leaders and people who have a message to share with the world, like it's essential for them, everyone who's like wants to, let's say pioneer an idea, a message, whatever it might be. Do you think it's essential that they have at least some level of researching skills to be able to piece together information and like constantly be learning? Or is that something that can be like delegated to a team member who's more effective and they just get to be, let's say the messenger, quote unquote. What do you think about that? That's a great question. I think there's a lot of different ways that you can show up as a thought leader. It could be that you're curating someone else's knowledge or that you are the person doing the research yourself, or you could be bringing people together who have the knowledge. So there's different ways that you can do it. But I think it's always that you have a curious mind on that topic. Mm. So I'd be surprised if most people in the area of their expertise aren't learning everything they possibly can about it, because that's their value system. Mm. So it's like, let's say you're a health coach, and, and you want to help people overcome their weight issues. You're probably going to be someone who watches all the reality shows on weight loss and mm. and reads books about it and goes to the gym and like you know that it's just it goes it's in alignment and congruent with your value system so it mm. seems like you probably would go that direction at some point in the business building endeavor you're likely going to delegate some of the stuff you don't enjoy but i think that most people have a pretty curious mind in their highest values and they're going to continually be learning and developing their expertise in that area that that would be my take on that that's awesome it's cool I know you're you're one for like philosophy and questions so I, I'm just like throwing them at you I'm like I love it I love I was actually talking to someone about you I'm like he does his 12-hour marathon it's so cool <laughs> I love that you know it's like I sometimes on my podcast I'm like I think I could probably interview this person for like four hours straight <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's cool because like I love 
being curious about the questions, you know, it's like I'm flexing my mental muscle to think from different perspectives and like, you know, like every conversation, it's like, I wonder what else Amanda sees that our audience wants to know or that like it's, it's important for us to be aware of to, you know, get enlightened about. And it's like, it's yeah. fun, you know? Yeah. It's so cool. It's I love blast. it. I love it's your blast. energy. I love Thank it. You. Thank you. So you, you're doing your podcast too. Tell us about that. Um, why did you start a podcast? Why'd you launch that? Um, yeah, so it's, it's called the Max Potential Habits Podcast. And I bring on, I do a, every week I do a YouTube IGTV video and I take, and actually it's more directed toward podcasts now, but I take the audio from that. And then every other um, episode is an interview with someone in the field I ask them about their habits so it could be it's it's mostly business related but it also is just for people with who want to adopt and create stellar habits so and really I started it Chris because I was like if I hadn't had podcasts I wouldn't be where I am and for me I mean it almost makes me cry like tears of inspiration that I have a podcast because I'm like those podcasts sometimes got me through the hardest times, just hearing the same person and they brought so much value and it was free and I could do it whenever I wanted. And it was like on my, it was just, it's just like to me a win, 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 win. And so I love podcasting and, um, I was a little scared to start one at first. Honestly, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I, I actually ran into somebody at a conference and I, I had a, a couple ideas for podcasts and I was taught, it was at a coaching conference and I was like, Hey, I have this idea for podcasts and he's farther along than me in the coaching world. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's a great idea. Let's co-host it. And he's the type of guy that like, he comes up with an idea and he implements it like the next day. Yeah. And so we started it the next week. And so I have a podcast with him as well. It's called coach cast lab. And so that's specific to coaches or, or online business builders or, or business builders. And so doing it with him about a month in, I'm like, okay, I can totally pull this off on my own. I'm going to just start. And I just went for it and you know, it's going and I love it. What's, I, what's, what's the value in having two different podcasts? You know, it's really interesting because the co-hosted one is like, we just bounce ideas off of each other every week and we bring in everything. We're kind of, you know, we'll have like a, a, we have a weekly session where we mastermind and decide what we're going to talk about and plan for future stuff that we want to create. And then we record. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool because we usually will just come together and we'll have like a 15 minute download of what's going on with us. And then we'll come up with an idea. We're like, that's what we need to talk about this week. And then we really just like, come in together and and go back and forth and so far the feedback is that you know it's like it, it's super authentic and it doesn't really exist mm. in the coaching world that we know of mm. you know usually it's like one person or one person doing interviews but it's yep. him and I and we're different stages in the game so it's kind of a cool concept mm. um individually I mean for me I've gotten to learn a lot through doing that one and in a team and, and joint venture so it's been really nice for me to have that kind of or previous experience to then just step into doing my own and and constantly modifying it and figuring it out. And I'm in this business for the long haul. You know, I go, there's going to be ups and downs and highs and lows. And and it's just a constant learning process. Yeah. I love it. I love it. What do you see in the future, the vision of NFA coaching and your podcast? What are you most excited about? Uh, 
I love helping people. I love, love, love coaching. I love teaching. So for me, I've got like big visions, you know, like one of my goals, my main goal in my business is to impact a minimum of 5 million people through my business. And that could be through books, through podcasts, through YouTube, through workshops. Um, I all through coaching, like I just, I just want to impact as many people as I possibly can, because I feel like the more people that I work with and the more people I'm surrounded by and talk to in this world, it's like, there are people who are needlessly. And when I, and when I say suffering, I'm going to say this with it's, I don't believe in eliminating suffering because mm. it's essential for growth, but there are people who are feeling very stuck in, in almost in that victim mindset yeah. and thinking that they don't have control their reality. And I really believe that you do. Mm. And I know how that feels. And I want to help as many people as I can become their most empowered versions of themselves. And so I learn every tool I possibly can to do that. So my big vision is, you know, like I want, I'll continue my podcast. Um, I'm writing book, you know, I have a book in the works and I'll just keep writing books. I do videos. Um, you know, I want, I want to run a workshop every quarter is my goal. Um, you know, all that stuff. Like I, I just love getting information out there to the people who jive with me, you know, not everyone's going to be like, Oh, I like her. And and if they might be offended by me using the word fucking in my title, (laughs) you know, and I just go, those aren't my people. And so whoever is drawn to me, I get to work with and we get to change our lives together. And to me, that's just my juice. And it's awesome. Mm. It's beautiful. Uh, what do you want to be acknowledged for Amanda? Like on my deathbed? <laughs> is that right what now, you mean? Today, today. <laughs> oh, right now. Mm-hmm. What do I want to be acknowledged for? Like, you mean what? Tell me more. Uh, tell me more. What's that mean? <laughs> <laughs> huh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what do you want to be acknowledged, celebrated, appreciated, uh, like a pat on the back? You know? Dang, I love that. I love that because I always, I, I have people celebrate themselves. And it's something I'm not so good at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm working on, let's say. Um, wow. I would, uh, to be acknowledged for just shining as brightly as I possibly can to help other people, you know, and to, to all of the work that I've done in my life, all of the experiences I've had and all of the choices I've made and all of the challenges and all of the schooling and education, I see it as having been all brought together for this moment where I get to package that in a way to help other people. And that, you know, if people recognize that, that makes me feel like I have meaning and purpose in this world. And I love that. Well, Amanda, I acknowledge you for being such a bright light and for taking all of your experiences, your challenges, your trials, your tribulations, everything that you've gone through, sleepless nights, you know, um, struggling to put food on the table to keep your children safe and, you know, just moving forward. And like now, this beautiful life that you're living and the example that you are for people to be able to transform themselves. I acknowledge you for all of that, all of the investment of learning, of growth, of PhD, like fuck ton of work. That is a fuck ton of work. (laughs) (laughs) And to now be making an impact in the world and also for the impact 
that is coming in the coming months and years and decades that you're making. So I acknowledge you for that and mm, keep showing thank up. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. You're I welcome. That. And this has been a blast. I know our audience wants to keep moving forward with you, stay connected with you, um, and anything that you have to share with them, offers, freebies, etc. let's let them know. How can they do that, Amanda? Awesome. So nfacoaching.com. So no fucking around coaching.com. NFA coaching. Everything is there. I've got access to podcasts. I've got freebies. I've got a money magnet guide that you can download. I've got the top 10 business habits that will help you take it to the next level. That's free. I've got um, YouTube videos that I do every single week. And then there's also ways to schedule a consult with me that, that I give everyone a free consult to have a strategy session to see if we're a good fit to work together and you'll have takeaways. Um, Coach Cast Lab access is there. And try to think if there's anything else. <laughs> um, LinkedIn, I love. I give a lot of articles and stuff on LinkedIn. So uh, NFA Coaching is the handle. And I'm on Instagram a lot, NFA Coaching as well. So Boom, all that's on Laka. My goodness. Love it. So it's nfacoaching.com, right? Yep. Uh, people can go there, connect with you, get all access to a bunch of your stuff. And then uh, CoachCast, they can find you there. You can, they can find you on Insta Instagram, on LinkedIn, all over the place. So everyone yeah. stay connected with Amba, Amanda. Have yeah. a conversation with her. Send and her what? Max Potential Habits podcast. That too. That too. Yes. And, you know, um, definitely let her know what your biggest takeaway was from this conversation. Tag her on Instagram at NFA coaching, tag me at I am millionaire. Chris, let us know that you are growing yourself. You are having shifts, awakenings, breakthroughs, what you commit to new actions, new habits, etc. And Amanda, this has been a blast. I want to wrap it up with the final takeaways, you know, 60 seconds or so of an encouraging, heartfelt message for someone out there who is is on the journey and needs that word of encouragement. Mm, love it. Yeah. You know, if you are on the journey and you're feeling down or you're feeling like maybe you've put in a lot of effort and you're not having the results that you want, stay in the game. Stay in the game. I cannot say how important it is to stop comparing yourself to other people. Know that you are your own measuring stick. Start from where you're at right now. Every moment is a new moment for you to decide and take action in a new direction. And you can have a magic wand to create whatever you want. You know, surround yourself with amazing people. Get unstuck from the victim mindset and tell yourself, I have the power to choose my life. I'm in control of my thoughts, my decisions, and my actions. And I can create whatever reality I want. I know you can do it because I've done it and I've helped people do it and I know you have the power to do it. So that's what I would want to leave you Amen. I love it. Amanda, you are a powerhouse. Thank you so much for being here and looking forward to even more greatness coming from you and together. So have an amazing day. We'll see you soon, okay? Thank you, Chris. All right, take care. You too. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self?
Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you are committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.